Welcome pod. Welcome back into TCM Pod. I'm your host, Chris Mathis, alongside my co-host, Spencer Mathis, once more as we recap week two of the NFL season, which has been wild and crazy so far. Unfortunately, a tough injury on Monday night with Nick Chubb, the Cleveland Browns running back, who's been fantastic throughout his career. I mean, I didn't even realize how good he was in terms of yards per carry throughout his first couple of seasons in the NFL. I think it's over five. He's number three all time uh, in that regard. But a lot to get into today. Also talking about the NFC South as a whole, the division with the Falcons, the Saints, the Buccaneers, Carolina Panthers in there too. And we'll even get into, of course, Baker Mayfield, the 2-0 start. But right off the jump, got to start off with the terrible news, the really disturbing injury to Nick Chubb, the uh, former Georgia Bulldog running back, Cleveland Browns running back that's been phenomenal, been a staple piece in the NFL. And one of those backs that gives you hope in terms of the ground game because he really is – in my opinion, the most well-running, uh, well-rounded running back in the NFL is his ground and pound style, but is also his capability of catching the football out of the backfield. He's quick too when he gets off and going. Unfortunately, a very tough injury against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night. Yeah, that was a gruesome injury, and that's the second big player to already be out for the entire season with Aaron Rodgers going in Week One, and now Nick Chubb going in Week Two. Of course, the implications of losing Rodgers for the Jets is a little bit bigger than losing uh, a running back in. Um, of course, Nick Chubb, but the injury was terrible. It's, it's tough to see. And Nick Chubb is a guy who's very consistent. He's kind of reminiscent at the running back position of uh, Mike Evans at receiver in terms of consistency with over a thousand yards every single season. Um, a great yards per carry number as well. Like you said, over five, I think it's like 5.2, which is third all time. But with the number of carries he's gotten, he's ahead of those other guys, such as Bo Jackson, who was number, I think Bo Jackson's number one, but he was only in the NFL starting for three years. So Nick Chubb, very consistent. This is another big knee injury for him. He had a torn ACL as a freshman in college, had that terrible knee injury, I think, as a sophomore in college, in which he was sidelined until his senior year, and now he's got this injury. Um, Obviously, he's under 30 years old. I think he's 28 or 29, but for a tailback, uh, that's pretty old. So you don't know if he's going to be able to play again in the NFL. Of course, definitely not this season, but it's kind of just a hopeful thing if he can – make his way back into the NFL and still be as good as he was because a huge injury and not sure how much time he has left on his contract, but if he if he did have a lot of time left, regardless of how good a player he is, um, would the Browns be willing, to, willing to, to pay the guy if he were to miss this season and next year? We don't know. Hopefully he can recover from this. Hopefully the injury looked worse than it actually is in terms of the internal part of his legs because, I mean, it, the injury was so bad that they wouldn't even show it on, on a TV broadcast. But the crazy mm-hmm. thing is, is, Last year, whenever DeMar Hamlin literally died on the football field for a couple of minutes, they showed that injury over and over again. So for this one to not be shown tells you kind of the the gravity of the situation um, in the Cleveland game versus the Pittsburgh Steelers in which the Steelers won that game. Again, another lackluster game as well, just to recap that game. I mean, Pittsburgh's offense isn't great, and Deshaun Watson still sucks. The guy yeah. does not have it anymore. I think he's done. I think that that's going to go down as the worst trade in NFL history, the worst contract in NFL history for Deshaun Watson when it's all said and done. But again, going back to the Nick Chubb injury, terrible thing for him. And I really just hope that he's okay to play again in the NFL um, in his career. But from what we heard, what we saw on Twitter, what a lot of guys were saying was is it would be a hopeful thing for him to even get to play another snap um, professionally. Yeah, it was a brutal injury and they did not even show it, as you said, but you go to Twitter, you go check that out and, you know, I accidentally stumbled upon it two or three more times than I hoped I would on my feet, and it was just, oh, man, it 
made me cringe a little bit. But speaking of Deshaun Watson, so far this season, just completing 55% of his passes, 389 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, 69 rating so far, (laughs) 69.1. One rushing touchdown so far this season. This guy is having a terrible start to the year. And, you know, I just, uh, as you said, I don't know if there's much left there with Deshaun Watson. But, hey, you know what is there is this guaranteed money, $230 million contract there for Deshaun Watson. After even the allegations and the ongoing investigation and so forth, just absolutely unbelievable that that's even a possibility for him to make that kind of money and to be playing the game that, you know, he loves. And who knows? I just think that it's – I just never felt like it really got closure, that whole situation. And now he's playing football again. And there are a lot, of course, hecklers out there that he has to deal with and battle through. But at this point, I think it goes beyond that. I think he's kind of lost his his skill. I think that time off really impacted him. He had a lot of demons to battle off too. And you see him getting into it with an official on Monday Night Football against the Steelers. Got a, a, a no call there, but really should have got a penalty for touching and kind of pushing the official. So this guy, he's got to clean up his act as well because it, it's obviously starting to add on for this guy, Deshaun Watson. And He's going to have to be careful because he's going to put his team in even more detriment than they are right now without Nick Chubb. Yeah, and he's gotten away with a lot of touching incidents in his career so far. And back in the NFL, and every time I check the stat sheet for this guy, has there been a time over the last year and now two games through the 2023 season that you check the stat sheets and he's thrown for over 300 yards without an interception or at least two touchdowns? Like this guy has nothing left in the tank. Um, he's got a decent receiving core. He's got Amari Cooper. He's got a good tight end. He's got a great run game, which he had last year, which may be um, not as good as it was last year as the season progresses, but Kareem Hunt could come back. He's a great running back, and he still sucks. Like, the guy does not have it anymore. Obviously, it's gotten to him, and it should have gotten to him because he, he's done terrible things. And here's the way that I see it is if you have 26 allegations, I mean, at least two or three of those have to be true. So regardless of maybe some of these allegations aren't true, at least a couple of them are true, guaranteed each and every time. And it's a guy that maybe shouldn't even be playing in the NFL at this point and probably shouldn't just based off of the, of the fans' reactions. Um, sure, a lot of players don't like him either. The fact that he's one of the highest-paid players in NFL history just based off of a couple of years in Cleveland or a couple of years with the Houston Texans. Now he's been in Cleveland for two years now. And he still sucks, I think, is just a horrible contract for the Browns. Obviously, they're, they're kind of a franchise that's always been at the bottom. And even whenever they're playing good, they're still going to be at the bottom because I don't think in our lifetime, or I'm going to say at least going this far in the next 20 years, the Browns won't even make a Super Bowl. Um, and if Deshaun Watson's a quarterback for the next 10 years, which right now does not seem like it's going to be the case for them because they thought they got a franchise guy, but the guy has not gone out there and, single, and single-handedly won them a game without his defense doing a ton of things for them. Um, I think we see him out of the league within the next five years just based off of I just don't think the guy has it anymore, and I think that it's gotten to him, and it should have gotten to him a couple of years ago, and he should be he, – I don't even think he should be in the league right now. I think the one thing that he does have going for him is that he, he is guaranteed so much money, they're not just going to flick him away like that. But if any team would, it would be the Cleveland Browns. They'd eat the money, and we talked about the Raiders a few years ago with John Gruden. They ate the money, too, on a guaranteed contract. So there's really a lot to weigh in that regard. Now, we did kind of tease the NFC South, a division that – we all expect it would be absolutely terrible. And so far, yeah, it hasn't been anything spectacular, but you look at the wins and losses, and I, I tell you what, I've been impressed so far with the uh, NFC South as a whole. The Falcons 2-0, the Saints 2-0, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2-0, Carolina Panthers 0-2, with, of course, the rookie quarterback Bryce Young. But let's go in alphabetical order here. 
as we lead off with the Atlanta Falcons, we kick things off with the Falcons, a team that has really put on some points. They put up 49 points so far. Uh, I believe they've given up 34 points in that range, beat the Carolina Panthers at home 24 to 10, then beat up on the Packers. It was a very close game. Jordan Love really goofed that one up. They won 25-24. But so far as an outsider looking in, the one thing that concerns me with the Atlanta Falcons is their lack of use with Kyle Pitts. I don't know what the situation is with that. Someone told me the other day that Kyle Pitts got the ball. He had two catches, I believe, for 15 yards over the weekend in that game against Green Bay. He is not utilized. They are undervaluing this guy. Maybe they realize that they drafted him too high or they're just still not using him right. And I know Desmond Ritter's not a fantastic quarterback by any means. He's a quarterback that can manage a football game and not lose you a football game. He won't throw it away per se. But the fact that arguably what was their best player on offense for the last two years is no longer their best player on offense, number one, because they've got a new guy in town, Bashawn Robinson, number two, because they don't utilize him, just baffles me. But nonetheless, the Atlanta Falcons, 2-0 so far with wins over the Panthers and the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I mean, the, the comeback this week against the Green Bay Packers, they were down by, I think, 14 in the in the beginning of the fourth quarter or around that. They come back. They get the victory. Jordan Love had a good game. Um, the running game was incredible. Robinson had, I think, 160-something total yards in that game. The dude is, right now, the most athletic tailback in the league. I don't care. I, I just can't think of anyone else that can make the plays that he's made just to the first two games of his career. I mean, his first touchdown – is one of the best highlight reel first touchdowns I think I've ever seen aside from Saquon Barkley's. And then you look at this week and that one 15-yard run on a quick crack toss to the right side, he juked out a defender seven yards in the backfield, goes five yards forward, jukes out a, a linebacker, and then 10 yards down the field with a couple of blockers out in front of him, jukes out another guy. Just three of the quickest cuts you're going to see as a tailback. And this guy can single-handedly win them games with how good that defense is in Atlanta this year. Jesse Bates was a great signing for them. Calais Campbell has been a good locker room guy. Don't really know. I haven't really noticed him that much in games, but I'm sure if I were to pay oh, better. first game you did. Yeah, he had a couple of picks that first game, I believe. Yeah. I know. I'm talking about Calais Campbell. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And then Grady Jarrett. I mean, the defensive line, the, the, the cornerbacks with A.J. Terrell, the safety core for them, they've got a great team. They look good to start the year. Obviously, they're kind of a team that is going to be good until someone can stop the run because as soon as someone stops to run against them, I don't have any faith in yeah. Desmond Ritter um, at all. I think that he's a guy that – I think he just needs to take a couple of more shots per game because you've got Drake London, big frame wide receiver that you're not utilizing. He had a, he picked it up in week two versus the Packers. Then you have Kyle Pitts, who, like you said, two receptions. What do you have, three targets the whole game? I mean, they're not even utilizing this guy. This guy's six foot six, ran a 4-4 40-yard dash, was a freak in college um, with the Florida Gators. I mean, he's, a, he's an absolute beast, and if they can get – Desmond Ritter going down the stretch of this year, they're going to be a team that's going to win the NFC South. But if they can't, then you're looking at a new quarterback in Atlanta and hope for the future. So either way, the Falcons have a, have a ton of potential heading into the future. But again, Arthur Smith is the head coach, a guy that likes to run the football all the time. Is it going to come back and bite him? Because drafting Desmond Ritter, I don't think was the guy. Um, even last year, obviously, he's not the guy for their future if they're not going to go out there and start him early on. They started Marcus Mariota, who won't even get a snap this season um, in the regular season with with how his career ended with the Atlanta Falcons. And then now you got Desmond Ritter, a guy who won't even take shots downfield. Don't know if it's well-designed, but I don't know if it's designed around Desmond Ritter not having the arm talent or if it's just designed around how good Atlanta can run the ball. And as long as they can run the ball, they're going to continue to win these games and grind them out. But once they come along a team such as the New York Jets, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, a team that has a good defense, maybe even the Buccaneers so far, they've looked incredible stopping the run. 
Uh, once they come around one of those teams, and, and if they can defeat one of those teams, then you know what? I'll say that this team has something going on. But right now, 2-0, and the best start you can have through two games. They look good. Right now, they're probably the best team in the NFC South just based off of uh, the way that their defense is, is constructed. It's really the whole NFC South, the top three teams. They look the same in terms of their defense being great and their offense kind of uh, – Right now, just playing playing good, not great football. Well, I'll tell you what, after the Atlanta Falcons started off the season 2-0 with wins over the Panthers and the Packers at home, they're going to lose this weekend as they take on the Lions in Detroit. That's a loss. And then, you know what? They hit the road again. They take on Jacksonville in Jacksonville October 1st. So back-to-back losses here on the horizon for the Atlanta Falcons. So what was a 2-0 start will simply become 2-2 very quickly. And then we're no longer talking about the Falcons in regards to them being a really good team because they really are about to hit a, a rough spot in which they're going to struggle running the football. Then they return home against the Houston Texans and then the Commanders, and then they play in Tampa Bay. So they're going to hit a bit of a rough patch here, but then be able to obviously ascend right back to where they were. I think that they'll end this little road trip 0-2 uh, and, and then come back and win two of their next three. So either way, they'll still have a winning record by the time we hit the midway point of the season. Now another team that uh, we do have to touch up on here in the NFC South, the Carolina Panthers, 0-2 so far. Really haven't seen enough out of Bryce Young. I know it is a fresh start for this guy, but, I mean, I've seen videos of him lining up too far over and, and not even directly behind the center, not ready for the snap. I've seen him trip and fall. Also reports came out earlier this afternoon that they feel – ESPN feels as if they can't even run the quarterback sneak in that Panthers offense because he is so small. He isn't big enough to make that work according to ESPN. So he's only five foot 10, 204 pounds. You can go ahead and roll out the quarterback sneak out of their offense, which in reality isn't massive. You don't have to use it often, but it's an interesting analogy, but it's true. It's like, you know, in a scary situation, you don't need a gun. However, that one time you need a gun, you have to have it on you. It's like that one time you need the quarterback sneak, which is very rare. You need to get it. And your quarterback is more than likely unable to get it. So Carolina Panthers 0-2 so far. They sit at the bottom of the barrel here and the NFC South with that loss against the Atlanta Falcons in week one. And then the loss on Monday night against the New Orleans Saints, 17-20. to They got outscored by three. Then they hit the road this weekend and take on the Seattle Seahawks and then play the Vikings. So this team could – and then followed by the Lions and the Dolphins, this team could very well be 0-6 to start off this season, Spencer. And then, you know what, you got to ride or die with your quarterback Bryce Young because they started him week one. Yeah, Bryce Young is in a is in a tough predicament right now just based off of his size, and he's not going to get any bigger. Even if he were to add 10 pounds of muscle in the offseason or add something, obviously he's added a little bit since he got out of college, but he still looks so small out there. Um, he hasn't shown much potential for the Carolina Panthers, in my opinion. I, I watched some of the Saints game yesterday. Didn't look great. Didn't look bad. The Falcons game, he looked horrendous, obviously, first start of his career, but it's kind of a guy that maybe they put too much into in Bryce Young. Obviously, we're just two weeks in the season. We may be overreacting a ton, but so far, hasn't showed a lot. And going back to the quarterback sneak thing, in the NFL nowadays, I think you see that probably three times a game in, in totality throughout a game. You're, you're going to have one team doing it twice. You're going to have another team doing it once. But at least once a game, um, I think you're going to see your quarterback go for a quarterback sneak. And if you don't have a guy that can get that first down, kind of like what the Colts were doing for a couple of years with Jacoby Brissett, it can set your team back because as soon as you see that guy come in, hey, the defense knows this guy's better run a quarterback sneak, and we have a pretty high chance of stopping it if we can load the if we can load the box. Because we saw Andy Dalton got there a couple of times through the first two weeks so far for them, and it's just an odd scenario with your rookie quarterback because quarterback sneaks are important. And going back to 
Alabama quarterbacks in general, you have Tua, you have Hurts, and then now you have Bryce Young. Tua and Hurts are, are are very like Tua coming in the league was was seen as an undersized quarterback. He's six foot one, two hundred and fifteen pounds. You look at Bryce Young, he's five foot ten. They say he's two hundred and five pounds, but I'm willing to bet he's probably two hundred pounds or maybe a little bit even less. He does not look like a big quarterback, and that's going to be something that's not going to really change for him. These other guys look better, and so far, C.J. Stroud has looked like the best quarterback out of this class through the first two weeks of the season. And he's playing for a terrible Houston Texans squad. So if you, if you go back and if Carolina can go back and we're in the same predicament, let's say week eight, I think that we're going to see um, some fans in Carolina thinking, hey, why did we not draft C.J. Stroud? Was it because of his, of his Wonderlick score? And it's going to be a big point of contention as the year moves forward. Yeah, no doubt. And looking at the rookie quarterbacks through the first two games, Bryce Young is at the bottom of the barrel here. The Anthony Richardson, 279 passing yards, 75 rushing yards, four touchdowns, one pick. He's 2-0, but Richardson left both games early due to injury or concussion, which is a concern. Also, a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's a running quarterback. He's very agile. He's going to take more hits than Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud should with that being said, Bryce Young has been beaten up, and C.J. Stroud has too. C.J. Stroud looks to be the better quarterback, over 600 yards passing, two touchdowns. However, he is 0-2 on a very bad Houston Texans team. And then Bryce Young, under 300 yards passing, two touchdowns, two picks, and he is 0-2. So Carolina is going to have a tough stretch here. As I mentioned, I'm not surprised if they go 0-6 to start off this season. But you have to trust in your quarterback, and Bryce Young, and let him ride it out. You guys made this decision to do so. You have to ride it out. Another team here in the NFC South, of course, not Jameis Winston-led New Orleans Saints, but he's a guy that's still motivating his team from the bench and the tunnel. We see it time and time again. This guy is an awesome teammate, and the Saints are 2-0. Derek Carr, 2-0. The Saints have scored just 36 points. They've given up 32. However, they beat teams like the Titans. They beat teams like the Carolina Panthers to start off the year. They will have a, a tougher challenge this week at Green Bay simply because it is in Green Bay and Jordan Love coming off of a frustrating one-point loss to the Atlanta Falcons in which he had an embarrassing play lining up for that sneak. So Saints 2-0, I had them winning the division coming into this year. If the Falcons were able to figure out the quarterback situation, they are a better team. I don't know if I buy into Dennis Allen as the head coach of the Saints. I just don't know if he's that guy. And with a roster like the Saints have, a bit of an older roster, they needed that guy to be there. And I don't think Dennis Allen's that answer. Yeah, Saints with Dennis Allen are kind of in the exact same both of the Buccaneers are in with Todd Bowles. And so far, both these teams starting out 2-0. The defenses for both these teams are looking great through the first two games. And it's going to come back to quarterback play down the stretch. The NFC South doesn't have a lead quarterback right now. And through the first two weeks, if you had to pick one, it's most definitely Baker Mayfield. Now, the point is, can he keep it up? is, is going to be the big thing down the stretch. But in week four, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will play the New Orleans Saints before the bye week. And that's kind of whenever I'm going to see who's going to kind of run away with this division. Because if the Buccaneers lose this week, but they beat the Saints next week, they're 3-1. and one. And based off of who these teams are playing the next couple of weeks, you've got the Buccaneers in first place in the division before the bye week, and they look great. So that's going to be a huge test. Both these teams have great defenses. The Saints defense is incredible. The Buccaneers defense is humming around. And I don't really see a lot out of Derek Carr through his first two weeks. Um, in New Orleans, and I kind of want to see Jameis Winston get a shot, so I'm going to continue to, you know, I'm going to hope Derek Carr steps it up a little bit because I think Jameis Winston right now, if he led the Saints, um, the Saints might be a better team offensively just based off of the chances downfield that he's willing to take. And with that Saints defense, uh, you could put in Jameis Winston, he could take those shots and they would look good. But I think the Saints look great. I think the Falcons look great. 
I think the Buccaneers look great. I think the NFC South, those three teams rightful right now are 2-0 and each. Obviously, they haven't played a lot of competition with the Falcons and Saints both getting a run at the rookie quarterback Bryce Young in his first two starts. Tough for that guy. But, I mean, regardless, we're going to see this week who the Falcons are. We're going to see next week who the Saints are. And we're going to see next week who the Buccaneers are. Or actually, this week against Philadelphia, we're going to see who the Buccaneers are. So these three teams, through the first two games, I think they look pretty good. And uh, the NFC South has gotten off to a hot start. Definitely what was not expected by the NFL pundits. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, it will be interesting. I think over the next three or four weeks, we will find out who the real, I don't even want to say contenders, but who the pretenders are at this point uh, once we hit that six or seven week mark after the Bucks get back from their bye week. Of course, as the competition continues to grow, as we said for the Atlanta Falcons, they could easily lose two or three of their next three. Uh, moving on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the final team to talk about here and the NFC South, they're off to a 2-0 start. They've gotten wins over some decent opponents besides the Chicago Bears. They beat the Vikings on the road 20-17, to a perfectly clean game in terms of turnovers for the Bucs. Then they come back on Sunday afternoon. They beat the Bears 27-17, to a game in which I had the Bears upsetting the Bucs. And in reality, it's an upset based on a 2.5-point spread, and we all know the home team always gets two points, so really a half a point favorite. Bucks took care of business. They won by 10 and probably could have scored a few more points. Uh, but the Bucks did their job. They took care of things. The defense was on point. Baker Mayfield did his thing. And 30-year-old Mike Evans did his thing as well. He still looks like he has it. Obviously, ran out of gas there on the tail end of that 70-yard catch and run. But the Bucks look much better than I expected. Yeah, they haven't played the best talent in the league. But they've done all that they can to the first two weeks and then some. And I think that they've just played their version of football. Now, with that being said, my slogan right now is Baker is baking right now. But when will Baker Baker? And by that, I mean right now he's playing at a high level. He's doing his thing, protecting the football. But at a certain point, Baker is going to retract to what we've seen from Baker throughout his first six years in the NFL. And that's a guy that's inconsistent. So as long as he's baking, he's okay. But once he turns into Baker Mayfield, I'm a bit worried here with the Buccaneers. And they'll have a test obviously on Monday night against the Philadelphia Eagles right here in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Baker Mayfield through the first two games of the season, and I was a huge fan of Baker Mayfield in his last two years with the Cleveland Browns before the injury. I think he's a guy that's gotten the short end of the stick throughout his career so far. Now he's getting a good shot, a real shot in Tampa with a good defense, a good receiving core, the run game's picking it up. And he looks great through the first two weeks. Obviously, the Vikings defense isn't amazing. The Bears defense is abysmal and uh, we're really going to see the test, like I said a, a little bit earlier, with these couple of NFC South teams in week number four where the Bucs play the Saints. Two really good defenses. We're going to see what these quarterbacks are made of. You're also going to see what Baker Mayfield is kind of made of this week versus the Philadelphia Eagles, who I kind of have winning that game regardless of how Baker Mayfield plays because the Eagles are just so stacked. But so far, Mayfield's looked great. And obviously you're saying that Baker Mayfield will revert back to Baker Mayfield, but think of the 2019 season. Think of how quickly he turned around the Cleveland Browns in just a year and a half. This guy is a great leader. He's he's kind of similar to Jameis Winston in his leading ability. He throws less interceptions um, than Jameis Winston. I mean, we've seen Winston throw 30. This guy's probably – the most he's had is probably 16 in his career in a season. And I think we're going to continue to see this guy ascend with this team because there's been a couple of plays where he's gotten out of definitely true sacks that could have been a loss of seven yards. Instead, he breaks the first defender – and then that one highlight reel play where he's literally through the air throwing the ball uh, to his tight end for, for a gain of five on third down and six was an incredible play. And he's a guy that can extend a play. And another thing that I like so far out of him is him taking shots downfield to Mike Evans. And it's obviously been a great connection for the first two weeks for these guys. Two touchdowns for Evans, 
Um, over 200 yards. He's third or fourth in the league this year in receiving yards. And I'm liking what I've seen out of Baker Mayfield so far. And I'm liking what I've seen out of Tampa Bay, but I'm also liking what I'm seeing defensively from the Falcons and Saints. So right now, I think all three of these teams, neck, neck, and neck in the NFC South. Yeah, again, we've got a crazy week starting off with some NFL games on Thursday night. Week three already here, of course, mid-September, a little bit past mid-September at this point, which is unbelievable. But the Giants still take on the San Francisco 49ers and California. The 49ers, 10-point home favorites. Who do you got and why? Uh, San Fran easily in that game. Daniel Jones hasn't showed me much at all this year. I mean, they came back versus the Cardinals, but is that even a big feat? I think that the 49ers will win, but I don't think they covered 10 points. Uh, so we'll move on now to Sunday's games. The Chargers take on the Vikings and Minnesota. This game, a pick them. It's a flip of a coin toss here. Yeah, two of the exact same teams playing against each other. I'm going to go with the younger guy, Herbert. They need a victory. So do the Vikings, though. This will be a good game for both these teams, but both these guys need need to start off the season one and two. And if whoever falls to 0-3 is going to lose their division and not have a chance at the playoffs. So this is an important game for both these teams. I'm going to go with the uh, with the Chargers. I'd like to see the Chargers win, but I think the Vikings are better coached than the Chargers. So give me yeah. the Vikings in this pick. And Buffalo Bills, they'll take on the Commanders and Washington. The visiting Bills, six-and-a-half-point favorites. And, again, we are picking against the spread here. So pick a winner and see if they cover the spread or, or whatnot. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the with with the commanders in this game. What to win the game or to to uh both? Whoa, man, that is hot right there. This guy is betting on Buffalo to have their offensive woes continue. I'm going with the Bills to win, but I don't think that they cover the six and a half points. The New Orleans Saints still take on the Green Bay Packers. I believe this game a pick 'em as well. They're in Green Bay. Yeah, I'm gonna go Packers in this game uh, as the home team. I think they're the favorite. And I like what I saw to Jordan Love through the first two weeks. This guy looks good. He looks for real through the first two weeks, and I want to see him go to 2-1 and one and have a real shot in his division in the NFC East. I think Green Bay also prevails yeah. simply because they're at home. They need to win, and the Saints are due for a loss here. They're not going 3-0. Now the Atlanta Falcons, they'll play the Detroit Lions there in the Motor City, 1 o'clock kickoff on Sunday. The Lions, 3.5-point favorites. Yeah, I'm going to go to Detroit. I'm going to say that they're not going to cover the spread. I think it would be a three-point victory for Detroit. I like what I've seen out of Jared Goff so far, and I don't see them losing back-to-back weeks to NFC other teams that they really need to get victories versus. I'll take the Lions as well, and I think they win by at least six. So more than the spread here against the Falcons. I think the the Falcons finally get shut down on offense. The Cleveland Browns, led by Deshaun Watson, they host the Tennessee Titans, a matchup of one-and-one teams both in the AFC. Yeah, I don't like either of these teams this season. I'm going to go with the Browns just based off of how they lost this week to the Steelers couple of bad plays by the receivers. Um, Watson fumbled for a touchdown. It was really just a bad day for them offensively, which has been the case throughout Deshaun Watson's career with the Cleveland Browns. But I'm going to go with the Browns getting it back on track because I believe in absolutely nothing coming from Ryan Tannehill this season. Nick Chubb out. I'm taking the Titans on the road, even though they are three-point underdogs. Jacksonville, they'll host the Houston Texans. The Jags, nine-point home favorites. Give me C.J. Stroud in his first victory. I mean – uh, you saw the Jaguars only put up nine points versus the Chiefs. Obviously, a cup. I think they had four toe-tap missed plays in the end zone. That could have been touchdowns. But I like C.J. Stroud so far, and I think he's going to put up together his best game. But, you know, I'm going to revert that. Stroud plays great, but they're going to end up losing that game. I'll also go with the Jags. I don't know if they win by nine, though. I'm going to go under the spread yeah. on that one. The Jets, they'll host the New England Patriots. The visiting Patriots, three-point favorites at the Jets, a team that – Won the first game of the year and then lost this week. Patriots 0-2. 
Give me the Jets versus Mac Jones in this game. I think the the the, the defense is going to rebound instead of going up against Dak Prescott. You've got Mac Jones. I think Jones is a good quarterback, but I think I mean Zach Wilson obviously has to step it up this week, and I think he's going to do so. I also agree. I think that he gets enough done just in order for them to win that game against New England. Now the Miami Dolphins will host the Denver Broncos. Broncos for their first win. The Dolphins two and zero, and they are six and a half point favorites at home. I like the Dolphins in this game. They're not going to cover the spread. I think the Broncos, unfortunate loss for them. I mean, it was an incredible Hail Mary. I think they should have got another crack at it on a DPI in uh, the end zone on that two-point conversion to try and tie the game up at the end. But I'm going to go Dolphins in this game, but not covering. Moving on after I make my pick, I think the Dolphins win. I do think they cover, believe it or not. The Baltimore Ravens, they host the Indianapolis Colts, eight-point favorites. Uh, This is the final 1 o'clock game on Sunday. Uh, I mean, if Anthony Richardson's going to play, which may not be the shot, I'm just going to have to go ahead and go with the Ravens in this game. I don't think they're going to cover, but the Ravens are going to win this one. I think the Ravens win, and I think they do cover. I still think Lamar could win another MVP this year. I think they uh, get put on the map again with a win over the Colts at home this week. Now, the yep. Seattle, Pan- Seattle Panthers, the Seattle Seahawks host the Carolina Panthers. Seahawks six-point favorites over Bryce Young and Carolina. Yeah, I think Seahawks win this one. They cover the game as well. I just don't foresee Bryce Young – Getting his first NFL win in a hostile environment in Seattle. I will take Seattle. Yeah, I'm going to go with Seattle. Even though their offensive tackles were both out last week, I just don't think they beat. Or that yeah, they, they had a good game players. versus the Lions, and I think people aren't talking about that. A big victory versus Detroit last week in Seattle. Arizona Cardinals, they host the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys, the visitors, 12-point road favorites. Cowboys are going to smoke the Cardinals, and they're going to cover that as well with how good Micah Parsons is going up against Josh Dobbs. Isn't going to happen. I think that Dallas is going to put on an offensive onslaught against the Cardinals, a team that is proving that they are tanking. The Kansas City Chiefs, they'll host the Chicago Bears. RIP Justin Fields, the Chiefs, 12.5-point favorites. Chiefs are going to win this game. Um, I haven't seen very much from the Chiefs' offense, but this is a good get-back-on-track game. I think the Chiefs are going to win this one and cover. I agree with that. I think the Chiefs probably blow out the Bears. And I think that the Bears – they might consider a quarterback change at some point. I'm not saying right after this game, but eventually I could see a change. The Las Vegas Raiders host the Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday night football. The Raiders two-and-a-half-point favorites. Give me the Raiders. I mean, we saw the Raiders get smoked by the Bills. I watched the highlights of that game. Unfortunate interceptions for Jimmy Garoppolo just batted down at the, on the defensive line. I'm going to go with the Raiders in this one, getting a big back-on-track victory for them to go to two-and-one through the first three. I think the Steelers have to win this football game on the road. I know it's a road game, but the Steelers have to win. Their offense looks like it's struggling. They need to win. Mike Tomlin needs a win, and he's going to get that win this week. The Los Angeles Rams will host the, or I should say, hit the road to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Both teams kind of sputtering right now. Bengals 0-2. I don't really have a spread right now regarding this game. I do know that the Bengals are the favorite at home. Yeah, Super Bowl matchup again. Give me the Rams again in that game. I think the Rams are I, the Rams look good. Puka Nakua looks good. And the Bengals offense is absolutely sputtering. And I think it's going to take their bye week. Not sure how far it comes along to really get back on track for Cincinnati. So give me the Rams in that one. I think I'll go with the Bengals and a win this week. They need it. Monday night football in the big game, of course. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will host the Philadelphia Eagles. I say big game because the Bucs weren't expected to be 2-0. Here they are. It's in Tampa Bay. I'll be at the game. The Philadelphia Eagles 2-0 so far. Yeah, one and thing the Lions set at five, five points. The Eagles five-point road favorites. Yeah, one thing that may not be taken into account there with the spread is, hey, it's Rondé Barber night, and Rondé Barber is the guy that shut down the link in the NFC Championship game. 
all the way back in 2002. And I think that's going to fire up this Buccaneers defense. I think we're going to see some bad plays from Jalen Hurts. And I think Baker Mayfield's going to take this team to victory to 3-0. and Because we foresee the Saints and the Falcons losing this week. If the Bucs win, they are in the lead in the NFC South. And they've got a big game in week number four. Give me the Buccaneers. Um, obviously, either way, if they win, they cover the spread. And give me the Bucs in this game. I'm going to go with the Eagles. They cover the spread. They win by more than five. So that'll do it for uh, this episode of TCM TCM Spod. Spencer, TCM Pod is uh, shaking his head in disagreeance. Let let us know what you guys think as far as winners, losers. Tweet us at TCM underscore pod, and we'll be back next week. Thank you, guys.